Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. One of the most prominent figures in the New Testament, of course, is the Apostle Peter. Called by the Lord at the beginning of his earthly ministry, Peter, despite failures and setbacks, became the one to whom the Lord gave the two great keys to the kingdom of the heavens. In the waning days of his preeminent position in the ministry, he is honored by the divine record with a marvelous and inspiring account in Acts chapter 12. This is our focus on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. And as is our practice, we'll again bring you recorded excerpts from the spoken ministry of Witness Lee, who together with Watchman Nee in China in the 1920s and 30s, had many acts-like experiences with the gospel themselves among the native Chinese population. And Dennis Higashi is back with us once again today as we look into Acts chapter 12. Dennis, welcome back. We're happy to have you with us once again. Thank you, Chris. It's good to be back. Dennis, this portion of the book of Acts is probably not that well known or understood, but if we have the eyes to see through all the outward events and circumstances recorded here, a tremendous move of the Lord is underway, and chapters 11 and 12 really provide for a glimpse of some of what God was doing in preparation of that move. Give us a brief review of what's happening here. In Acts chapter 11, we see that a door was opened to the Gentiles to come into the kingdom of God. This was a great step. Prior to this time, the gospel was strictly for the Jews only. In fact, when the Jews were scattered, they only spoke the good news of the gospels to the Jews only. Beginning in chapter 11 and 12, this good news of the gospel began to spread to the Gentiles. In fact, in verse 20 of chapter 11, it mentions that the Greeks even heard the announcement of the Lord Jesus as the gospel. At the same time, Saul was brought into the service of the church. We can see this through especially Stephen's experience. Through Stephen's uh, martyrdom, Saul heard the gospel. Through Ananias, Saul was brought into the identification of the body. And through Barnabas, Saul was brought into the fellowship with the brothers in Jerusalem. Then another portion we see is that at this point of time, Peter's ministry was beginning to wane, and we begin to see something of Saul's ministry. Dennis, as we come to the message today, uh, we need to see that chapter 12 is really a parenthetical passage inserted by Luke, the writer of Acts, for a couple of very specific reasons, which we'll look at on our program today. Let's look at a few of these verses first to get a feeling of the nature of this passage. It reveals a story, an account of an actual experience of Peter, and it provides the final record of Peter's ministry in Acts. And again, this is uh, Acts chapter 12, verses 1 and some selected verses up through uh, verse 18. 
Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some of the church in order to mistreat them. And he did away with James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it was pleasing to the Jews, he went on to arrest Peter, whom also he seized and put into prison. So then Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer was being made fervently by the church to God concerning him. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shined in the cell, and he struck Peter's side and roused him, saying, Rise up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And passing the first guard and the second, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened of itself to them. And going out, they went forward one lane, and immediately the angel departed from him. And Peter came to himself and said, Now I know truly that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me out of Herod's hand. Now when it became day, there was no small disturbance among the soldiers, they not knowing what had become of Peter. Quite an inspiring story, Dennis. Absolutely. It surely is. Dennis, let's join Witness Lee with the first portion of today's life study. This is a parenthetical section concerning Peter and his ministry. Surely we all have to wonder why there is the need of such a parenthetical section to be inserted here. In writing the New Testament, the writers were always inspired by the Spirit to select the proper materials for their composition to reach their goal. Based upon this principle, you have to consider why Luke, the writer of this book, picked up this instance and inserted here, surely within him, uh, within the Holy Spirit, there should have been a goal. Up to verse 18 in chapter 11, Peter's relation concerning the uh, gate opening for the Gentiles to come into the kingdom was ended. It seems that the winning of Peter's ministry ended in chapter 11, verse 18. Then from chapter 11, verse 19, the initiation of Paul's ministry began. And the initiation was completed at the end of chapter 12, verse 25. Paul's ministry began properly from chapter 13, verse 1. The section in Acts concerning Paul's ministry should begin from verse 19, chapter 11. But in this section from chapter 11, verse 17 to the end of chapter 12, there is an insertion. The insertion concerning Peter is just kind of miracle to rescue Peter from the imprisonment. Suppose the record concerning Peter and his ministry just ended at 11.18. What would you think about Peter? Peter's relation of uh, the transaction he carried out in the house of Cornelius was not bold. Why he was not that bold? Why he was that cautious? Because Galatians 2 confirms 
that he himself was of a problem. He was not that strong. He was not that strong concerning the Jewish disciples going to associate with the Gentile believers. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Lord Jesus not only prophesied, he commanded, when you receive the Holy Spirit falling upon you, you'll be my witnesses, not only in Jerusalem, not only in Judea, but also in Samaria, even more in the remotest part of the earth. Paul, in his writings, he intended to go to Spain. At that time, Spain was the uttermost part of uh, the earth. Paul intended to do it, to fulfill the Lord's commandment in Acts 1.8. Peter should remember that word. Peter did have a strong ground to be bold, to fight down those two adders. He should have give such a testimony, but he didn't. Suppose the record in Acts concerning Peter and his ministry just ended there in chapter 11, verse 18. It is too poor to Peter. In the Acts, suppose there is no insertion of this parenthetical section. I tell you, the record will leave a very negative, weak, poor impression to us about Peter, especially his ministry. We will begin to doubt about him. So, in the first part concerning Paul's ministry, just in his initiation, look, pick up the burden to insert something to strengthen the impression he gave people concerning Peter. Dennis, we mentioned at the beginning of the program today that there were a couple of good and specific reasons for the Holy Spirit to include this portion concerning Peter as a kind of parenthesis in the record of Acts. Let's look at the first reason that we heard given by Witness Lee, and that is the importance of presenting a positive even a victorious impression of Peter at the end of his role in the ministry. Why is this important in the divine record? Of course, we realize that Peter was not so bold in relating the events that happened to the Gentiles in Cornelius' home. This is referring to his vision that he received, that the Lord's good news, the gospel, would now go out to the Gentiles, and that Gentiles would also be partakers of the Lord's rich salvation. Uh, Galatians 2 confirms this, that Peter was somewhat hesitant related to his association with the Gentiles. Uh, because of this, Peter's ministry, even his the effect in his ministry began to wane a little bit. But the Lord, in his tender shepherding and care, still wanted to give a very positive impression of Peter and his ministry. Hence, we have this marvelous, miraculous release of Peter in this portion. Dennis, it's uh, very touching, and I think as we get further into uh, uh, our life study today, we're going to see that this care of the Lord that you mentioned is, is really a key component in, in, in the story that we're seeing revealed. Absolutely. Surely is, Chris. Let's go back to more of Witness Lee. Now, in this insertion, the most significant thing is that Luke shows us 
Thus far, the persecution exercised upon the church and the apostles was only from the source of Jewish religion, not from the Roman politics. Now, look, must show us the persecution from the Roman politics, which also blended itself with the source of the Jewish religion. So, Luke must have such insertion. And this insertion tells us that Herod mistreated a number of the saints. And these altogether pleased the Jews. And uh, this politician thought he would uh, do more. So he arrested Peter and put Peter into the inner prison. By suffering this imprisonment, Luke's record made Peter a hero. A Christian hero not only suffered the persecution from the Jewish religion, but also the persecution from the Roman politics. Now, after this insertion, our impression about uh, Peter surely has changed. If you read only up to 1118, you don't have a good impression concerning Peter. But you go on to read chapter 12. How about it? This miracle, you could say, is a very meaningful miracle. Herod was a big politician in Roman Empire. He exercised all his authority to deal with Peter and put Peter into inner prison. And Peter, you know, was bound to uh, two guards. Herod was waiting till the Passover be over. Uh, then there'll be a right time for him to bring Peter to the Jewish people to place them to the uttermost. But while he was waiting, in the night, the angel came. The chains fell off, and the gates opened, and uh, he went out. Then the time came, Herod was going to bring him out of the prison. The prison was there. Everything was not wrong, but the prisoner <laughs> is gone. <laughs> so Herod got mad. He executed all the guards. He was still arrogant to be so self-uplifted. Herod, you know, one day put himself up on the throne and gave people an oration to uplift himself. Then people just shouted to praise him that he's God. His voice is the voice of God, not of a man. Then the angel came and took him. Then he was eaten by little worms and he expired. So, the record of Peter and his ministry in the Bible thus far was completed with a very good conclusion that Peter surely was a suffering Christian hero, leaving us a very positive impression about Peter. And this miracle also indicates that 
the Lord was still 100% with Peter and for Peter. When Peter got imprisoned, the church offered much prayer to God. The church prayed such a portion of the word surely unveils to us beside the scene there was a kind of battle. A battle in the air, a battle between God and his enemy, the spiritual forces. Apparently it was something between Herod and Peter. Actually, it was a battle between God and his enemy. No doubt, Herod was altogether instigated by the evil Satan. Satan was behind him, even was within him. So the church was fighting the battle with God against Satan, the evil one. Not by flesh, but by what? By prayer. And the weapon for the church to fight down Herod was not of flesh, but of the spirit. The church just prayed. Number one. And number two, I'd like to point out to sisters that uh, in this prayer, the prayer was mainly offered in the sister's home, in Mary's home, not in brother's home. And this shows us that in the church life, practically speaking, the sisters always take the lead in the prayer life. This is right because according to the basic principles, all the activities should be carried out by the brothers. And mostly the sisters were behind the brothers to do the supporting work. And the main supporting work is to pray. The Lord is the ruler of the kings. Herod was a king. He was arrogant. So Jesus exercised his lordship to send the angel, just one angel, to deal with this one instigated and used, even uh, usurped by Satan. Now you can see the Lord fought the battle and he won. Dennis, here we saw the second big reason or major reason for the inclusion of this portion, and that is on the negative side. We see the reuniting of evil religion and the corrupt worldly politics for the persecution of God's chosen ones. Of course, we also saw this union in the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus. This is interesting that it emerges once again in this context, isn't it? It surely is. We see two sources of persecution. Actually, the marriage of the persecution from the Jewish religion and the Gentile politics. In verses 1 and 2 of chapter 12, we can see Herod very much joined the persecution. In fact, he took delight in persecuting the real believers. So his next target was Peter himself. And he had kept Peter in prison for the very purpose that eventually he would condemn Peter and get favoritism from the crowd there. But we can see how the Lord miraculously came in to save Peter. 
Actually, the real spiritual battle was between God and the enemy. The real spiritual battle was the battle behind the scenes, the battle that was invisible. And the only way to fight this kind of battle is not by flesh, is not according to the flesh, but it is simply pointed out to us in verse 5 by the fervent prayer. We can see Peter's release had very much to do uh, with the sisters praying in Mary's home. God's intention, God's will was that Peter would be released from prison, but he needed cooperation from mankind on the earth, and the sisters especially provided this cooperation by fervently praying for Peter's release. Uh, the first union of the uh, corrupt politics and the evil religion that we saw in the gospel uh, was aimed specifically at the Lord Jesus himself. Now it's interesting in Acts, as the church has been brought into the scene, as the church has been actually born into existence, uh, this same union now goes after, not the head, but after the body. It's somewhat analogous to uh, Paul's vision that he received when he got saved, isn't it? That uh, the Lord said, why do you persecute me when really he was going after the believers. That's absolutely right, Chris. I'd just like to echo your comment that this is a marriage of the two world powers, the religious power and the Gentile or secular power, coming together, cooperating, collaborating to persecute the real believers and lovers of Jesus. Dennis, let's go back to Witness Lee. We've got one section left on today's live study. Then you have verse 24. The previous verse says, Herod was eaten by worms and expired, but the word of God grew. The word of God, I tell you, actually, just the Lord himself. The word of God grew, but the opponent expired. It says also, the word of God multiplied. The word grows with the believers. The word multiplies with the church. When the believers grow, the word within them grows. When the churches are multiplying, then the word multiplies within the churches. And this indicates, dear saints, in ancient time, all the believers and all the churches were filled with the word. They were one with the word, and this means that when the word was growing, all the saints were growing. When the word was multiplying, all the churches were multiplying. This is a strong sign of the Lord's victory over his battle against the evil one. Hallelujah. Dennis, I love this word in Acts chapter 12, verse 24. The word of God grew and multiplied. And in a sense, this is quite a wonderful conclusion to Peter's ministry, that as a result of his ministry on the earth and in God's economy, the word could grow and multiply. I think that we all would cherish such an honoring word from the Lord regarding our own service. This is truly remarkable, Chris, that the divine record would honor Peter in such a way that we can see as a result of Peter's ministry, the word of God surely did grow and the churches multiplied. Of course, we can see here a contrast. Herod expired, but the word of God grew and multiplied. We see here that the word of God, Chris, is actually God himself. God himself defined, explained, and expressed. 
It's amazing that the Word of God, that God Himself, could grow in this way. Of course, this means that when the Word of God in the believers grow, the Word grows. When the churches multiply, the Word multiplies. This is really a result of Peter's ministry that is glorious and victorious. Chris, I'd like to just mention one simple thing. This reminds me of the portion Mark 16, 7. At the Lord's resurrection, only in Mark's record does it mention this. When the angels told Mary about the resurrection, the angels specifically mentioned, go tell his disciples and Peter. Of course, this has special meaning. Peter had an intimate and special relationship with the Lord. We're all familiar with Peter's experience. The night of the Lord's crucifixion, he denied the Lord flatly three times, not only before man, but even before a little maidservant. You can imagine how disappointed, how discouraged, how utterly despondent he felt with himself. He probably thought that he denied the Lord. Here he was boasting a few hours before that he would never deny the Lord, and yet he denied the Lord to the uttermost. He probably thought the Lord would never accept him, and yet a few days later at the Lord's resurrection, the angel told them to tell his disciples and Peter. These two words, and Peter, is a sweet and tender shepherding in care. What does this mean? If the Lord would go to the cross for us, Chris, because he loved us, though we were his enemies, will he stop loving us because we failed? we can see in Peter's example that even though he had a great failure that we would all probably not recover from, yet the Lord was still so interested in drawing Peter back to himself. What a heart that we have. And in this portion, the Lord, even Peter's ministry was waning a little bit, did still have a very tender and sweet shepherding for his disciple Peter. Dennis, I'm really glad you brought that up. That is a very touching point and uh, more than just touching it's a hopeful point because we've all experienced what you described. We've all experienced those kinds of moments of failure where you just consider yourself in light of what you've done or what you've thought. And it seems that the Lord could never at that point have the way to, uh, or the heart to come back and, and draw us back in. But such a one as Peter, who had this magnitude of failure, right, has this glorious conclusion to his ministry. It really means that there's nothing that we can do that he is not great enough to far and away overcome and really bring us into the result uh, that he has for us in his full salvation. Amen. I absolutely agree. Very touching and a very enlightening and uh, I guess we can also say inspiring life study message today, Dennis. And uh, as always, we appreciate your being part of it and hope that you'll join us again very soon for another one. Thank you, Chris. We invite you to call our toll-free number and that is one 888 life study that's 543-3788 or write to us at living stream ministry post office box 2121 anaheim california 92814 or send your email to radio at lsm.org for dennis agashi today i'm chris wilde thank you very much for listening Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs consist of excerpts from Witness Lee's spoken ministry, along with our discussion and comments, and all focusing on God's heart's desire that we would enjoy Christ as the divine life for man. There are more than 1,700 programs like this one available online free of charge that you can download, 
stream live, or add to your podcast subscription. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. That's lsmradio.com. You can also reach us by email, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.